Well, good to see everybody this morning. Uh, if you will, open with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Certainly thankful for yet another opportunity to be here this morning and to study God's Word together. Again, thankful for uh, all the many times that we've been able to come together. Uh, and we will certainly uh, miss seeing all of you. Uh, but, uh, but thankfully, we can all continue to live for God and hopefully see one another again in the near future. What is faith? And what does it do? You know, faith is one of those words that, you know, often gets thrown around in religious conversations. If you've ever had, you know, if you've ever spent much time maybe talking about religion or Christianity with folks around work or school, faith is probably a word that comes up pretty quickly in some form or another. But have we ever stopped to consider what God has to say about faith? There's a lot of different ideas about it, but... What does God say about faith? A lot of times many people, if, if we're not uh, maybe thinking about it, we, we may limit the meaning of faith simply to belief. You know, I believe such and such to be true. I believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. While it's certainly, while belief is certainly part of faith, belief alone is not faith. Because James 2.19 tells us that even the demons believe. And the text goes on to say, and they tremble. So belief is included in faith. But belief is not all that faith is. So, if you're in Hebrews 11 with me, we're going to go to perhaps the most well-known chapter in the Bible about faith. In fact, Hebrews 11 is sometimes called the Faith Hall of Fame. And we're going to consider what God has to say about faith and then think about, okay, how can that help us? How can that help you and me in our day-to-day -day lives? Better understanding faith. First of all, we need to get a good definition in our minds of what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. First of all, we think about defining faith. What does it mean? It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance here, and doing a little bit of digging into this, it means a setting under, like a support, something that supports something else. You know, we've been under uh, the preacher's house here lately, and there are supports under that in some places that help to hold things up. You go under some houses, and there's a support that's holding things up. If you have a crawl space under your house, you probably have some sort of support that's holding the rest of that up. The word here, faith, is the substance. Faith, then, is what holds up, supports the things that we hope for. And this word hope, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This hope is not a, you know, sometimes we'll say something like, well, you know, I hope, for example, this coming weekend, maybe we hope it's going to snow. Or maybe you don't, I don't know. We may hope that, but it's just kind of a, maybe it will, maybe it won't, we'll see. In Mississippi, odds are probably it won't. But we hope, uh, maybe so. This is not what that word hope means. This word for hope 
It is a fully confident anticipation. I am looking to something that I am fully confident in. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith supports this fully confident expectation we have of deliverance through Christ Jesus. That's not a maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. Faith is what supports that fully confident expectation that we have. The text also says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. You think about evidence. If you watch many TV shows, crime shows, you know, evidence comes in in a trial in order to prove someone innocent or to prove someone guilty. It's there as a proof to prove something. Faith, then, is the necessary evidence or the proof needed to reach a verdict on things not seen. So, I put all this up on the screen here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith supports this fully confident expectation that we have of hope in Christ Jesus. Faith supports that. Faith is also the evidence that we need, that is needed, to reach a verdict on things we cannot see. So it provides evidence and it provides support. It's structure. It holds up this hope that we have. So that sort of helps us understand what faith is. It's a support, and it's also evidence. Now, why is faith important? Why does faith matter? Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why does faith matter? What's the importance of faith? Well, because the text says it is impossible to be pleasing to God without it. There's no gray area in this statement. This is a, an absolute, without faith, there is absolutely no way possible to be pleasing to God. This is a must. Without this, no one can ever be pleasing to God without faith. That's one reason why it matters. But the text in verse 6 also tells us that faith is how we approach God and how we please him. It's, it's without it, I cannot please him. With it, I can approach him and I can please him. The text says that we must believe that he is. It's the idea we must believe that God is, that he exists. I'm reminded of the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses, standing there at that burning bush, asked God, who, who will I tell the children of Israel? Who will I tell them sent me? And God says, you tell them, I am that I am. The one who has always existed, the one who will always exist. We must believe that God is the eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God. We must then think correctly about who he is. 
And we must believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. The idea behind diligently seek, it means to put out a great deal of effort. We must believe not only that God exists, but that he rewards those who put a great deal of effort into seeking after him. So we've talked about the definition of faith. We kind of hopefully have a better understanding of what it is. It's a support. It's evidence. The importance of it is, is that we must be thinking right about God and we must act according to those right thoughts and we have to put effort into it, great effort into it. Because if we are not doing that, then it is impossible for us to please God. Without thinking right about God and without acting upon what the Bible says about God and working hard at it, we cannot please Him. So that's a little bit of a definition of faith and a little bit of an understanding as to why it's important. Now, I want us to think about some, some practical lessons from faith then from the rest of Hebrews chapter 11. We've kind of got in our minds, I guess you could say, almost a textbook definition, but what's it look like when it's in people's lives, in our lives today? Number one, lessons from faith. Biblical faith always includes three things, always. When you read of someone in the Bible who it says they did this by faith or they are said to have faith, there's always three things included in faith. God speaking, God having said something such as we have his word today, man hearing what God says, and then man obeying what God says. God speaking, we hear him, we obey him. That is always included in faith. Some examples. Notice in Hebrews chapter 11 here, verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah was divinely warned of something he had never seen before. God spoke and told him, here's what's going to happen. You go back to Genesis chapter 6 and chapter 7. Here's what you need to do. Build this ark and build it in this way. And Noah heard what God said and Noah obeyed God. By faith, Noah did that. God spoke, Noah heard him, and Noah obeyed. Another example of that is Abraham. Here in Hebrews 11, going on to verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. We could go on and mention other examples, such as Moses, who kept the Passover as God commanded in Hebrews 11, verse 28. Hebrews 11, verse 29, the children of Israel went through, passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. Why? Because God told them to. Lesson number one from faith for you and me, for us to remember, biblical faith always includes 
what God says, we hear it, and we obey it. You think about faith. If, if God says something, and we don't, and we hear it, but we don't obey it, could it be said that we acted in faith? Well, no. We didn't obey what God said. We didn't have faith that what he said was true and was right. But say we do something, but it's not what God said. Is that acting in faith? Well, no. It's doing something other than what God has said. These three things are always included in biblical faith. Number two, faith obeys despite entering uncharted territory, uncharted waters, if you will. I think about Noah. We just read that in Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Best we can tell, it had never rained on the earth. I believe the Bible even says that there was a mist that went up to kind of water the ground because there was no rain. It had never rained. Noah had never seen a drop of rain in his life. And God comes to him and tells him to build this massive ark because there is going to be water fall from the sky and flood the earth. Now that is something that Noah had never seen before in his life. And yet God told him to do it and so he obeyed. Faith obeys despite entering uncharted territories. Noah had never been there before in his life, but God told him to do it, and he did it. I think about Abraham too. Abraham obeyed, when he, verse 8, when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Think about Abraham leaving his home and traveling those hundreds of miles on foot to the land of Canaan. I think about Abraham, he's told to leave and he does, and every day he's got his family, he's got his servants, he's got all of his herds with him and they're traveling, you know, relatively slowly probably, maybe five, ten miles a day. Every day, you think every hill that Abraham topped, there had to have been this question in his mind as they stopped to camp for the night. Is this it? Is this the land that you're going to show me? And nothing from God and get back up the next day and keep going and top that next hill and wonder again, is this it? And to do that for months until he got where he was going. He kept going until God told him, this is it. All those hundreds of miles, he did not know where he was going yet God told him to go, and so he went. Faith obeys despite entering uncharted territory. Uh, Abraham, using him as another example. By faith, Abraham, verse 17, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. All this time, God gives them the son Isaac well after the age of having children, and then God tells him to go offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And you think about that journey every day, 
getting closer to where he was supposed to go, knowing I have to offer my son as a sacrifice. God stopped him, by the way. But you think about that. That wasn't something that had happened before. And if my memory of Scripture is working right, I don't think God ever made that request of anyone ever again. This is uncharted territory. I've never been here before. I've never been in this situation. So you think about us today. Faith obeys despite entering uncharted territory. We have been through a lot of uncharted territory over the last year, year and a half, haven't we? A lot of things have happened that we have never seen before in our life. Faith obeys God, even though we are in situations and even though we may be in, 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 a, in a situation and in a place where I, we have never seen this before in our life. Faith continues to obey God, even in situations where I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen. Faith keeps obeying God. Lesson number two. Lesson number three. Faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this life. You go down in Hebrews chapter 11. You, you get through a lot of the names and you get to Hebrews 11. Picking up with verse 32. There are some who receive good in this life. Good things happen to some in this life. And he says, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Now think about the, these good moments, these good things that happened, these grand moments in Scripture. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, of the strangers, of the foreigners. Women received their dead, raised to life again. All good things happen. Amazing things sometimes happen to God's people. Faith continues to obey. You may have something happen to you in your life that is the, the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. Something amazing I, you know you never thought this would happen to you faith continues to obey in those times for we often forget sometimes it's easiest to forget god during the best of times it's maybe not hard to turn to god during the bad times but remembering him in the really good times that can be in some ways every bit as challenging as remembering him Every other time. Faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this life. Maybe it's something that's great. Maybe it's something that's good. But also, faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this life, even if what it receives in this life is very bad. Continue on with verse 35. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, 
were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. Now sometimes, faith, those who would be God's people, the faithful ones, receive some really bad stuff in this life. Some very bad things happen to them in this life sometimes. As we just saw, some of them were, were sawn in two. They were slain with the sword. They were stoned. They, had to, they didn't have anything to wear but just skins of animals, and they wandered around living in caves, whatever hole in the side of whatever hill they could find. Sometimes in this life, things go very badly for us. There's a passage in Romans 8.28 that says, All things work together for good to those who love God. You've probably heard that before. That passage is not talking about this life. That passage is talking about and referring to the hope that we have after this life, when this life is over. Because in this life, things may go great. Things can also take a turn. There's a lot of Christians from the first century, thinking of the Apostle Paul, as we talked about in class this morning, who, who would, would have something to say, I'm sure, about life always going well for a faithful child of God. A man who was stoned and left for dead, beaten many times, shipwrecked, imprisoned many years of his life. Why? Just because he was a Christian. He continued to obey during the really good times and during the really bad times. And that's what faith does. It obeys regardless of whether we receive good or bad in this life. Then the final lesson this morning from faith. Faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this life because it desires something better. It says of Abraham in Hebrews 11 verse 10, He waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for something better. So he endured this life. You go forward a few verses to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Some of the promises that God made to Abraham, to Sarah, to Isaac, to Jacob, they did not see God keep those promises. He did eventually, but they did not see it. They were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, if Abraham had desired to, and he thought about and his mind stayed on that homeland that he left, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this lifetime because faith desires something better than this life. 
and this place and this country. Moses refused to be, Hebrews 11 and verse 24 through 26, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people, remember they're in slavery, than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming or counting the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Faith obeys regardless of what it receives in this life because it desires something better. Now this life has many wonderful things, good things to offer. You think about family, you think about your children, you think about your husband or your wife, you think about you know, your, 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 you know, the job that you have, you may love what you do, you think about Many things in this life are good and wholesome. There's also things in this life which are not good and are not wholesome. As, as it said of Moses, uh, he chose to suffer affliction than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Something that can be very difficult about this life is, is keeping in mind that there is something better than this. And... We have been so blessed in our world today, in this country today, for many years. It can be, I think, especially easy for us to forget that there is something better than this. Because life here is so good in so many ways, and yet there is something far better than this. And what faith does is regardless of what it receives in this life, good or bad, faith continues to obey God because faith knows whatever I receive in this life, good or bad, there is something far better than even the good that I receive in this life. There is something far better after this life is over. Faith keeps that firmly in mind. And so for us, we too must keep that in mind. So having thought about all those things this morning, the defining faith and talking about the importance of it, how that we can't please God without it. We've seen a few lessons from it this morning. So what does faith do? You and I going forward day-to-day life, if we're going to be people who live by faith, what must we do? And Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, we also, as Christians... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, basically the writer of Hebrews is saying all these people I've just told you about in Hebrews chapter 11, we've seen their example. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what must we do if we are going to live by faith? We must lay aside every weight. Thinking about running a race. You think about running a a distance race especially, a marathon You need to lay aside anything that's going to weigh you down, anything that's going to hold you back, anything that's, as he says, the sin which so easily trips us up. Lay aside anything that's going to trip you up. 
lay aside anything that's going to weigh you down, hold you back. You've got to lay that stuff aside. Because this is a long race. And people who are carrying a bunch of extra weight with them, the race becomes that much harder if you are carrying all of these weights with you and all of these sins with you. They will weigh you down and you will fall short. We have to run with endurance. Realize that this is not a sprint, but this is an endurance race. Day after day, keep going. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. But keep pressing on every day. And then he says in verse number two, in all of that, lay those weights aside, keep going, and remain focused on Jesus Christ. Continue to look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to his example. Look to him. And that is what living by faith is. It is laying aside the things that should not be in our life, pressing forward and keeping our eyes firmly set on God, being like him as we talked about in class this morning. This morning, as we've talked about faith and what does it do, and hopefully we have thought about our own lives as we've studied this together, are you someone who God would say, is living by faith? Are you living your life by faith? Or have, as the Hebrews writer talked about in chapter 12, have you allowed weights? Have you taken on weights and have you become trapped in sin that has slowed you down and tripped you up? If you have, lay those things aside. Get rid of those things and press on forward with endurance looking to God. If you need to repent of something this morning, We'll be glad to pray with you and pray for you, for strength for you and for encouragement. We'll be glad to encourage you. If you're not a child of God, uh, to begin that walk by faith, the Bible teaches uh, in Acts chapter 2, there was a crowd of folks who were gathered and, and Peter preached the gospel of who Jesus is, the good news. He's Lord and he's Christ. And they asked, well, in light of that fact and knowing that we have sin in our life, what do we need to do? And Peter told them, Acts 2, verse 38, to repent. And every one of them needed to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. This morning, you can do that very thing as well. If you need to respond to the invitation, won't you come as we stand and as we sing?